night when the moon is high. The shadows dance, evil will rise. The world between the living and the dead is deadly. So now is the time to let the horror you know again. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Horror You Know podcast. I'm Ian. I'm Ian. I'm Trent. And I'm Darren. And Darren. <laughs> Over here in the corner. That is Darren. That's him in the corner. He's your guy next door, but tonight we're here to talk about the girl next I've door. I've lost my religion oh. a long time ago. <laughs> no, seriously, though, like... That's him in the spotlight. We've talked about that's a lot my... of messed yeah. up things on this show, because that's what we do, but I feel like this could possibly be the saddest thing we've talked about on this show. So That's just really, my personal Way opinion. to really set the mood. I well, know. Just get ready for this ride. I would like to start this off by saying we should take these shots first, and then I need to tell you all something very important. Oh, snap. I already know what he's going to tell us. No, you don't. We do have these uh, buttered pecan old smoky shots. Old smoky. Old smoky. Oh, we got to shake it first. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we got to shake it up first. Fuck, I didn't shake mine Speaking up. Speaking of old smoky, we should also mention that. The people uh, love hearing that sound. Oh, my God. Oh. Please don't make that noise. Speaking of old smoky, four we guys should... in my basement. Give it say, what for, baby? <laughs> we need to mention we're in Means' basement. We're in the podcast bunker, but Means does not have AC on this very hot summer night. So we're down here. Luckily, on a hot summer night. Luckily, the gods night. of podcasting smiled down upon us and gave us an overcast. I don't day. know. It's like a Russian bathhouse down here. We're all in towels. We're all like. It's just because we're you all can sweaty, smell the ball sweat guys. everywhere. Well. Now, would you offer your neck to the wolf with the red roses? <laughs> yes. 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 I bet you say that to all the boys. <laughs> it was a hot, hot summer, summer night and the beach was burning. All right. You want to take these wow. shots? Wow. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we had Tom Jones. Who do we got tonight? That was Meatloaf. Well, oh, I love how his Tom Jones is kind of like Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Jones loves Meatloaf, right? Like he actually eats yeah. Meatloaf. <laughs> we got uh, Tom Jones's Meatloaf here, so... All right, here we go. <laughs> We're taking these old smoky shots for these somebody, old smoky bones. Somebody's going to give a toast. Um, to Meatloaf. To Meatloaf. R.I.P. To Meatloaf. Meatloaf. We're going to Meatloaf. We'll clink. You guys clink. clink. You guys. What about the girl we're about to talk about? This is oh, for her. Yeah, that's true. She's now Meatloaf. Oh, oh my God. God. This is for Sylvia Likens and Meatloaf. I'm liking some of this uh, shot we're taking. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's taste it. Mmm, Mitch, that's good. Creamy. So, as I said, we've talked about a lot of messed up things on this, but in my personal opinion, I feel like this is the saddest true story. That Coming from Wells, that's that says yeah. something too. Well, yeah. he could he could kill people in his basement all day long, but once it comes to little girls, no, that's no. where he draws the line. That's where the line. Little boys, yes. Yeah. Little girls, no. Even I was disturbed by this. The little boys in this story, I'd have no problem being like those little bastards <laughs> can burn in hell. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's hear the story. Wells. Many of them do. So, story. It's 
It's about a girl named Sylvia Likens. The story takes place in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is roughly about two hours away from us. It's not often that we get on here and talk about a place where most of us, I would say, are pretty familiar with. Like, we probably go to Indianapolis on a regular a basis. A few times a year, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, at least. By the way, we are in a small town of southern Indiana, Madison, Indiana, along yeah. the Ohio River. But we were just in Indianapolis, what, like a week ago? Uh, yeah, roughly about that. Yeah, so anyways, Indianapolis is our state capital, and that's Eat, where this... Uh, eating story... the most overrated pizza I've ever had in my life. You didn't like it? <laughs> Knew He's... you were going to give me that look. Talking about Giordano's, by the way. It was good, man. I, it wasn't great to me, but it was good. Yeah, I guarantee that pizza was not as deep as this story is about to be. Oh, God, no. <laughs> this is a rough one. Um, what are these two I doing? don't know, but I do think we should uh, go full disclaimer on this. Before we get too deep into this, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this this story has it's it's very intense violence. There is going to be some rape and torture in oh, the yeah. story. Correct. All right. Yes. So full disclaimer on that. Uh, if you are the squeamish and uh, you don't like hearing stories about um, rape and torture and um, well, yeah, they listen to our podcast every week. So I mean, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you uh, been warned, if, if you. Uh, if They've you stuck don't, with us this long. If you don't want to hear, uh, this is a very gruesome one. Um, uh, too bad, suck it up, and let's do it anyway. If no, you listen uh, to this podcast, you know now. I'm the dark side of this podcast, and even I'm bothered by this story. Yeah, so uh, I just want to give that little disclaimer out there before we dive into it. So go ahead, my friend. Bothered by this story, but also happy to shed some light on this story for Sylvia Lightens. Beacon of light. So it's been said that this is possibly the most enduring like nightmare in Indianapolis true crime history. So she died on October 26, 1965 from torture and obviously murder. She was 16 years old. And as I said, her name was Sylvia Likens. Sure. There's been other crimes, uh, that have probably been worse, probably like been more victims than other crimes. Some of these crimes that have happened similar may have even involved children. Which this did too, but these children were involved in a different way. There's just something different about this case because, for one, the, the act, the violent acts were perpetrated by a caretaker that was supposed to be taking care of this girl. And then, two, the caretaker got all these kids in the neighborhood involved. So, and not only these kids in the neighborhood, but her own children, which ranged anywhere from like 18 to as young as 10. So, pretty messed up. So the abuse was carried out not just by the caregiver who was Gertrude Branazuski. I hope I'm saying that right because I'm going to be saying it a lot. You know what? Fuck her. I'm Polish and I don't give a shit about this bitch. Was she, was <laughs> I'm she, not Polish. Was she her aunt like in the movie? I still don't give a shit. Nope. Is she the caretaker in the Just story? a caretaker. Yeah. In and real life, she's just, she's just a caretaker. She, so is uh, this girl like so she's not related? She knew these girls' father somehow, I think just from the neighborhood. Uh, yeah, he was gone and they were taking care of her, the the kids, right? Yeah. yeah. They, she was kind of staying with them. Yep. The kids were staying For with them. For a while her. while he was gone. Yeah. So uh, Gertrude Banaszewski, she was the caretaker. Like I said, she got her children involved, so that was pretty messed up. And then for like it's messed up. weeks and months, they tortured Sylvia. And it was like casual entertainment in the neighborhood. And for the kids in the neighborhood, it eventually became just something to do. 
hard like, to make jokes on this episode already. I'm thinking like in my head, I was like, I won't say that. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. there's not a whole lot to joke about here, but it's the well, horror, no, you know, not so at all. we'll do our best. I mean, it was like Pin the Tail and the Donkey I usually played, or uh, Red Rover, Red Rover. Yeah. Cut that bitch up. No. You don't want to play yeah. that. Oh. These kids would... would <laughs> Some hardcore games there. Everyone's so uncomfortable. <laughs> These kids would use the abuse of Sylvia just just like something to do, like before dinner or like before they watch their favorite TV shows. Like, oh, let's just go mess with Sylvia a little bit. God, I'm Dude. bored. There's at least a dozen children that participated or at least watched. And so that's why they should have had a YMCA. Yeah. None of these kids, surprisingly, this whole out of this whole group of kids, <laughs> none of them, these sick little bastards, felt disturbed enough to ever say anything to any adults about what was going on did in this you, basement. I'm sorry, maybe you said, did you say what year this was already? 68? No. So this is before Xbox. This is before, yeah. Oh, yeah. 1965. Five. Yeah. Before Game Boy, even. There's no Game Boy. Yeah. yeah. So all these kids were involved in this. And Free Defender. No MTV. There would even be other adults who would occasionally come by the house and for various reasons, and they would see that Sylvia was battered and bruised and beaten, obviously abused. But none of them cared enough to push the issue. So, and ask why. I'm sorry to keep stopping. I'm just trying to, like, you said Indianapolis. Can we just shut the fuck up so we can hear the story? <laughs> well, I'm already, like, perplexed because what part of Indianapolis, like, that's, Indianapolis is a big city. Is this a small suburb? Like, how how are all these people coming? In? How is this such a common known thing in this area, and yet nothing is is happening? That's all I want to know. If you get to that later, that's fine. You can tell me shut up. But yeah, I'm not exactly sure where Indianapolis this was. Because I'm probably, I mean, I'm assuming it's probably one of the outer suburbs. But yeah, I'm not sure exactly where Indianapolis this was. But if that's something you maybe want to look up and let us know. Hand a little bit, that'd be fun. Means is on it. So, Sylvia herself and her younger sister, Jenny. Jenny is the one who in the movie had the polio. Gotcha. They had opportunities themselves to tell adults at school or church, but they didn't. I mean, we know this happens a lot with victims. Like, they're either too scared or they think they owe their their, uh, victimizer some kind of loyalty or something like that. But they even had adult relatives who lived nearby that they could have told, but they still didn't. This is literally smack dab on the east, near east side of Indianapolis, right above Washington Street. So, so in the city, it's downtown, uh, just just east of like the uh, Highway 65 and 70 crossing. Oh wow! So it's literally like downtown. Yeah, damn. Hmm. We all use 65 quite often. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. Yeah. I, I, I do. I I can't drive 55. <laughs> That's true. I've heard that about you. But he yeah. can drive 65. Even when I've had one foot on the gas, one on the... <laughs> so Sylvia and uh, Jenny, they didn't tell any adults, even though they had chances to, because they were afraid that it would just make things worse. Which is not a far-fetched thing to think. Now, especially with uh, the demeanor that these adults are giving off in this story so far, because you said that adults were coming over and be like, damn, she looks pretty battered. All right, well, have a good night and turn around and left. So. Yeah. And they're in, like, even though they're in this big city that's Indianapolis, they're in like a 
I would call it like a small town portion of it where like everybody kind of knows everybody. And hey, everybody, you want to go where everybody knows your name. Yeah. Everybody thinks Gertrude is just this nice caretaker that takes care of all these kids. Oh, Gertie. But oh, Gertie. She's like... Uh, they think they knew, but they had no idea. She's like Dorothea Puente. She was running that kind of like halfway house and like letting people stay there and um, murdering them and taking their social security checks. Yep. That's her. Yeah. He's referencing a picture in the background. Uh, Me just showed us a picture. We'll post these pictures too. Gertrude Banazuski. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna go with. Yep, Banazuski. Who gives a fuck ski? Am I right? Fuck her. (laughs) What a bitch ski. Fuck that girl. Fuck that that girl. Fuck that cunsky. Wow. wow. Hey, that's my new beer coming out, by the way, next fall. Cunsky. Cunsky beer. Mm. Sounds delicious. It really does. And New Jersey. Sounds like it's going to taste kind of skunks. It's a a pale ale. Mm. Oh. Oh, my. Oh, my God. They won't be as good as that shot we just took. How do you know? Have you ever had cunsky? I have not. That's what I thought. But I can only imagine. So neither Sylvia or Jenny said anything to anybody because they thought it would make things worse, and they could not conceive the possibility that the authorities would actually step in and like move or protect them. Cops, am I right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you are they, right. They didn't believe that anybody Fucking would remove cops. them from the house or help them in any kind of way, and we cannot blame them. However, arrest did come, but only after everything was over and way too late. As it usually it's usually does. how it goes, yeah. 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 Well, wait a minute. On October 26, 1965, Indianapolis police were called to 3850 East New York Street, where Sylvia's body lay on a mattress. Manizuski told them the girl had been attacked by a gang of boys, <laughs> and she even produced a note written in Sylvia's own hand that seemed to confirm that story. But the cops could tell by the condition of the victim but this had not been a single incident because she had old wounds on her, scars, old burns, obviously, that did not just happen overnight. Uh, Sylvia's body was malnourished. It was covered with sores, burns, bruises. And like I said, a lot of them were old. She had been branded in one spot by a hot metal object, like a bobby pin. And the words, I am a prostitute, had been etched on her stomach. Which was a little different than the movie. Yeah. That you're referencing tonight. For some reason, in the movie, they just wrote on her stomach, I fuck. Jesus. And then, like, fuck whore or something at the bottom. Yeah. It was like, I fuck, fuck whore or something. Yeah, yeah I couldn't tell what it said exactly. I thought it was kind of weird. Either way, they did this to her, and they branded her, and this was just the beginning of her torture. So Sylvia came from a large, poor family from southern Indiana and Boone County, which is just northwest of Indianapolis. Her father's name was Lester Likens. He had only an eighth grade education and he worked a lot of different jobs. He had a laundry route. He worked in factories. And he even owned a small restaurant that was unsuccessful. He also traveled with carnivals, selling food from concession carts. Was this work at which he would decide to return? And at this point, his wife is going to go with him. So this is when they decided that they needed to do something with the children. So, they had to find something to watch their four children. Uh, Their oldest, Diane, she was grown and married. The two boys, Danny and Benny, 
They replaced with their grandparents, and then they had to find out what to do with the girls, Sylvia and Jenny. Jenny was shy. She was an insecure girl. Starting to get to me. <laughs> yeah. The heat is starting to get to me. Uh, I Maybe it's the, the story. story. It could be that, though. <laughs> yeah, could be that. Off to shorts <laughs> and... I thought he was getting emotional with the story. A little bit. Are we going to see Ian's legs tonight? That's Maybe. the question. Oh, For the record, legs. I have legs. I don't know. Anybody who's ever seen them needs to come forward and vouch for me. Well, He's got legs! <laughs> Thank you. We think you're like Anderson No Legs Lucas over there. You just got... <laughs> Oh, he's like got legs. Ones. I saw him once in the 30 years that I've known him. Were you sober? I was. <laughs> so, uh, Sylvia and Jenny, they had to find a place for them. Jenny was a shy, insecure, and she limped from childhood polio. Sylvia was, she was more outward and confident, and uh, she went by the nickname Cookie. She was pretty, but she always kept her mouth closed because when she smiled, she, she had a missing tooth she didn't want to show people. She had a gap tooch grin. She did. That's what I call that. Mm-hmm. Is that from all the cookies she ate? Right of her tooth out. Megadeth calls that so a black tooth from all grin. The, either from all the cookies that she ate or the beatings that she took. Is it Megadeth or Pantera? You guys don't know. Fuck that. <laughs> I want to go with Megadeth. I like, black, I like Megadeth. Black tooth grin. Is that from Megadeth or Pantera? Somebody say. I know they used to drink Jaeger Meister, and that's a black drink. So I think that, I don't know. Somebody, somebody comment. Somebody knows. Anyway, drop us a sorry. Answer in the comments, people, please. If I had a missing front tooth, I would smile all the time. I feel like that's endearing. Yeah. You can probably tell a story about it, whether it's true or not. It all happened when I got in a fight with Mike Tyson. Is that when you took his tiger? What do tigers dream of? We are all over the map on this episode. I'm not not getting into this. (laughs) All right. So as I said, they they need to find a place to put the two girls. We're on four four different wavelengths right now. Your humor is necessary in this episode because it's so depressing. I'm trying to make lighthearted of a terrible fucking story. So a mutual friend introduced the Lycans to Gertrude Banaszewski. At the time, she was briefly going by the name Gertrude Wright. She was not right. Yeah, she, she was so very wrong. not right. Yeah, she lived in a big rented house on the corner of East New York. And Danny was willing to look after Jenny. I'm sorry. She lived on the corner of East New York and Denny. Denny was the street. She was able to look after the children for $20 an hour. So there's no Danny? There's no Denny. It oh. was Denny the whole time, which okay. is the name of the street. $20 a week. $20 a week. So a lot hour. more money back then. That's like $20 an hour would be a lot. Yeah. Damn. She was doing this for $20 a week. Gertrude was already caring for seven of her own children. Paula, 17. John, 12. Stephanie, 15. Marie, 11. Shirley, 10. James and Dennis, 18 months. The six oldest children all had the last name Banaszewski because their father was Gertrude's ex-husband, John Banaszewski. The youngest child had the last name of his father, Dennis Wright. Gertrude said he was in Germany serving in the army. Was that true? Was he in Germany? That's what she said. Fuck that bitch. But she's nah. not. She's not right though. Remember? I don't believe We've anything she that. said though. Oh, sorry, yeah. That's right. yeah. She's never drank a Kunizuski in her life. What she know? <laughs> nah, hell no. She don't know shit. She don't know shit about fuck except for how to be Kunizuski. 
sick motherfucker. That's our new shirt. Kind of Zuski. <laughs> From the beginning of um, Sylvia and Jenny's stay there, they were, Sylvia was clashing with Gertrude's 17-year-old daughter, Paula. This was the seed of what grew in the house during the months of July through October 1965. and started a lot of the trouble for Sylvia. One day, the money ordered from Sylvia's parents for $20 did not show up on time. It was like a day late. Gertrude went all crazy, and uh, she took the girls. She took them upstairs, is what it says for the the real story, but in both the movies, she took the kids downstairs. Downstairs to the basement. But anyways, uh, she told them that she felt like she took care of these two bitches, and I quote this, she took care of them two bitches for nothing because she didn't get the $20 that she was promised. I mean, she's right. You can't fault her for that. She didn't take care of them for nothing. Oh. Okay. There was, yeah, yeah. I mean, this part I, of the story is I right. Guess, I mean, yeah, that's true. If you took care of kids and you were supposed to get paid and you didn't get paid, you'd be like, ah, fuck. I just did this for nothing. Yeah, that's true. What? Well, well, yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't then just be like. Then you'd go and torture. Well, him. obviously, I'm gonna torture him. Hey, I mean, but we don't know what's next. Uh, she could give him ice cream. We don't know. She might have, but it's not in the place that you would expect. It's kind of like did, if you're, she did slap him though. You did say slap him, right? Yeah, she did slap. Okay. Him. Well, sometimes you gotta give him a little. Gotta keep it pan pan strong sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask if you remember that. That was probably like the, that was just like the least of what she did to him. That was just the start of it. But yeah, she slapped him and she was like, I took care of you two bitches for the last two weeks for nothing. (laughs) And then. Authoritarian. So go torture the. I didn't find in the true story where she like bent him over and beat him across the back with a leather strap. But, and it doesn't happen in the girl next door, but in another movie called American Crime, it does happen. Which we'll talk more about that later too, a little bit. But yeah, Gertrude was frail and underweight, but she had two weapons she used for corporal punishment. <laughs> One, two. Yeah. <laughs> she had a fraternity style paddle and a thick leather belt that was left behind by Is her ex husband. This my cot? <laughs> testing, testing. She used this belt that was left by, behind by her ex-husband. You are unflappable. <laughs> We're telling jokes. You just keep going. He, he, hey, by the way. That means they're bad jokes. We should take the hint. Top me off with a, a kunski. <laughs> a kunski? A shandy. A shandy. It means a what's shandy. a shandy. It's, it's a, a fine beer. beer. Oh, fine I, I don't beer. know if that flavor's ever going to work. <laughs> this flavor's only out like once a year. You know it's that, delicious. Right? Is it really? Yeah, Stock up summer on shandy. I'm glad, you, it I'm glad you introduced it to it. And I then it's it. fall shandy, right? It's a <laughs> fall shandy. It tastes like pumpkins. Ugh. The old fall shandy. I hate pumpkin spice beer. You guys had that? It's coming. I, it's yeah, coming, I guys. think I have had Anything that. pumpkin spice fucking it was annoys decent. me. Unless it's like pumpkin spiced, like hand soap or something. A candle. I like yeah, a little a pumpkin spice. So should, At uh, first. <laughs> So, Gertrude had this fraternity-style paddle and a thick leather belt left behind by her ex-husband. Nipple belt? John Banaszewski. Now, he was an Indianapolis police officer, and 
I don't know if y'all have ever seen like any of the old school police like leather belts, but those things were pretty thick because they have to be able to hold guns and a lot of other equipment. True story. My dad in the 70s whipped my ass so bad with his leather belt from the 70s that had a leather braid around each top and bottom. Oh, yeah. That's, Remember that's those? the one. Yeah. He whipped me so bad I pissed my pants. Dang. Like chasing me around the house while I was pissing. My mom was chasing him, beating him on the back. And she said, you will never touch that boy again. You know what? He still whipped my ass again. <laughs> yeah. It was not a one-time thing. Damn. Thanks, Mom, for sticking up for me. Did you pee from fear or was it just it like hurt? I'm sure? Yeah, it those hurt. belts are thick, man. It was like, yeah. That I got, weaving makes them extra tough. See, that's another thing to bring up in this story. I'm, I'm older. We got whippings quite a bit. You guys probably got whippings. We mm-hmm. did. But... Whippings back in the day, you got to remember, before the 80s, it was like, spare the rod, spoil the child. You know what I'm saying? Like in the Midwest, especially. Yeah. And people did not listen to kids at all. Right? That was a that was an East Coast, West Coast thing where they listened to what teenagers had to say or yeah. young kids. They didn't give a shit here in the Midwest. Do you remember knowing you didn't do anything wrong and still your you parents can't. being like, oh, I'm the parent, so I know best. Well, yeah. I, know, right? I'm, I didn't fucking I, do that shit. I, I had my mom whip me so bad one time she busted a blood vein in her own hand. Gosh, and then God. she said, well, you wait till your dad gets home. I got a double ass whipping that night. Yeah. Not good. Well, what did you do means? I, I don't know. <laughs> That's the part you're leaving <laughs> out. It didn't teach me the lesson. It taught uh, me not to get caught. That's right. <laughs> that was the most important That was the lesson, all. yeah. They're like, come here, boy, and beat that ass so you know never to get caught again. Yep. She just went through and, like, taking all their belts. Just, like, <laughs> threw them away or something. That would have been worse. Man, that would have worked. <laughs> I got, when I was a kid, I got belts. I got paddles, wooden spoons, incense holders. I got whipped one time because I was really dumb. I, uh, broke, a, I broke a ruler. That my sister had for school during the summer before school started. And you call yourself a teacher. I mm. broke it. I was like f- three or four. I don't want to hear the excuses. <laughs> I put it in the top drawer of her <laughs> of her uh, clothes drawer. And then I blamed it on her dog, Cindy, who was about three inches tall. Oh, <laughs> of course. And Cindy got the whippings, didn't she? No. They laughed and then whipped Burr. me. Yeah. like, are you what? stupid? I'm still not convinced that Cindy was completely innocent. I think that little bitch did it. Yeah. She was involved. She should have been with whipped. a name like Cindy. How could she not be involved? <laughs> you know, when you put it that way, damn right. Well, Gertrude, she began using the paddle on Sylvia and Jenny for various offenses that were petty, such as exchanging soft drink bottles at the local grocery store for money. I mean, yeah. Obviously, you're going to go out and get your own money, girls. I should punish you for that. Man, I remember those days, though. You guys probably don't remember those, where you could bring soft drink bottles to the stores mm-hmm. and get, like, dimes and quarters back. Yeah. yeah they awesome. still put that on bottles. I don't know if anybody actually does it. But yeah, yeah. They, they did that when we were growing up. And then, like, you could, like, take newspapers and take them to recycling centers and get money for newspapers or yeah. cans. Yeah. I was like, uh, you still get aluminum. Money. Food, Foods Plus used to do that with the bottles, didn't they? Foods Plus, where uh, Kroger is now. Do you remember that, Wells? Foods Plus with the apple in the middle. But I'm saying, like, do you remember, like, they uh, they used to do that, what he's talking about, the recycling thing. Because I remember my grandma used to um, collect, like, bottles and cans and stuff, and I can't remember if that's where she took it. But anytime we were at her house, like, 
she had like a separate like spot for like putting yeah. putting those things. I don't remember the recycle thing. You guys remember the pop machines when you were really little that had the bottles in it and you had to like you'd look put a quarter in or fifty cents in. You had to like snake the bottle around some kind of look, metal buddy, thing and then pull it out. I don't know where you grew up no. at all fancy, but we had cans where I grew up at. This but is are before you about, aluminum. Are you talking so about? There was no cans. Are you talking about glass bottles? They were glass bottles. No, and I've never seen one of those. They're, we always had cans. They were they were on the side. You could either pull them out of a hole, where they had this one oh, where you could yeah. like. Yeah, I know what you're you talking like, about. It was like a chest. Yeah, and you could snake it around to the end. I've never where you used it straight one. out. I've just seen it, it like on, so cool. on movies. I know the concept, but I've never. Man, I wish seen those one days. in person. Yeah, they still come out cold then. They were all cold. Okay. That's great. It was like all cold, but it yeah. was like, and they were actually like I ice cold. I remember the like experiencing one of those. The Coke like bottles, to. the yeah. Coke bottles that were cold. Man. Okay. Let me just pull you all back in for a second. When uh, Gertrude suspected Sylvia of stealing, she used matches and cigarettes to burn the girl's fingers. Sometimes Gertrude felt too weak to torture the girls, so this is where her oldest daughter would start stepping in to help her out. And then eventually, they got the other neighborhood children to uh, start coming over to the home, and they'd all get in on it. The children would take turns. They would practice, like, judo on her. They would, like, throw her into the walls. Some would be kicking her and beating her. Others would put their cigarettes out on her skin. And Gertude and the rest of the teenagers would watch as Sylvia was tortured, and they would force her to undress in the living room. And at one point, they even forced her to insert an empty Coke bottle into her vagina. Oh, God. Yeah. Sick bastards. God. And you were just talking about snagging a Coke bottle over there. Yeah. Talking about terrible timing. I would I would drink the Coke. Cause it was, oh, my God. It was empty. Yeah. I say it couldn't even have been a full one. It had to be an empty yeah. one. Like, yeah. out of her? Or no, I, I, I would, I'm saying I would <clears throat> just drink the Coke. I didn't insert it into anybody. Oh, my God. Gertrude, no, the sick bitch, probably drank the Coke and she was like, here, put this in your vagina. God, and she probably spit on her as she Gertrude. did it. Well, to be honest, I'm not trying to like defend the kids already, but at the same time, people's brains and morals grow over time. Like, people are still even like 18 and up. People are like <laughs> growing. Yeah. Their brain. Absolutely. And. These ten to fifteen year old kids, moral their moral compass back then is way different than it is now. Even isn't it said that a person's brain isn't fully developed until like twenty five? Yeah, somewhere around there. I'd say so thirty eight. I'm no understanding. You're getting there, buddy. I'm, I'm but my point is, like back then, like a lot of people look at the fifties and the sixties as like more of an innocent time than now. But statistically, you look at abuse and you look at rapes and you look at murders and you look at serial killing and you look at all that shit that was there. And it was probably more prominent. We just didn't hear as much about it. Like people now, I feel like grow up a lot faster and are a lot more mature and like learn things at a younger age because they have to. Yeah. But back then, those <clears throat> those kids had brains that were not fully developed they probably knew right from wrong, but at the same time, if you're in a rough area and you've got an adult treating you like an a, another adult, yeah. giving you beers and saying, "Hey, yeah. let's 
let's beat this girl up because she deserves it. Like you're basically brainwashing these kids into doing it. Mm. Oh yeah. So we're we're quick to judge these kids and say they're pieces of shit, which they are pieces of shit. Yeah. But at the same time, they were underdeveloped. We know she was giving them like beer and cigarettes for it all. Was we all know her. She could have been giving them drugs too. It was all her. Oh yeah. Definitely. I mean, a kid around 18, like her older kids, I mean, they should have known better. But you get like a 10-year-old kid, 13-year-old kid. I mean, they're just... Well, they're going to do what all the older kids do. The oldest exactly. daughter... Like, like up to them. The oldest daughter, she lied a lot to get a lot of the things to happen to Sylvia, yeah. which did. And yeah. then, like, towards the end, she, like, started that could realizing be jealousy. that it was wrong and she didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, it was a lot of jealousy. A lot of jealousy. Yeah. So after the beatings, uh, Sylvia would be forced into a scolding hot bath so she would be cleansed of her sins. She was severely beaten and burned for wetting the mattress while asleep. And Gertrude decided that Sylvia was no longer fit to live amongst her children. This is when she decided in real life to send her from upstairs to downstairs in the basement. Mm. Because she felt like she was no longer fit to live upstairs. Okay, so she... Sorry. So she does make it to the basement. She does make it to the basement. I don't like where this is going. Yeah. Near the end, Sylvia was no longer permitted to leave the house. She was thrown down in the cellar, and she was locked up. She was given crackers for food and refused the right to use the bathroom. Gertrude Banaszewski announced to her children that Sylvia was a prostitute, and she's proud of it, so we'll just put it on her stomach. She took a large needle and began to carve the words, I'm a prostitute and proud of it, into Sylvia's stomach. Richard Hobbs, the neighbor boy, that's a lot, was tasked with finishing the uh, etch on her stomach because Gertrude, for some reason, couldn't finish it herself. That's a lot of words, a lot <laughs> of letters. Yeah. Wrist locking uh, up. Would you finish this, please? Oh her hands <laughs> cramping. Her even longer. Somebody's going to have to take over. I need a cigarette. I know. It's like a whole paragraph of text on here. <laughs> when Gertrude realized that Sylvia might be in a state where she was finally dying, she forced her to write a note saying a gang of boys had beat her. The plan was to blindfold her and dump her in the nearby woods with the note. Sylvia tried to escape, but Gertrude and one of the boys stopped her, beating her again and throwing her back in the basement. <clears throat> So they, they caught her and they beat her with a curtain rod until she became unconscious and then they threw her back in the basement. Sylvia never recovered from this last attack and she died on October 26, 1965. The cause of death was determined to be brain swelling, internal hemorrhaging of the brain, and shock induced by Sylvia's extensive skin damage from all the burns and the cuts. Sylvia also suffered from extreme malnutrition she was buried at Oak Hill Cemetery in Lebanon, Indiana. Lebanon? Is it Lebanon? Is it, I, I've never you, been is there. Is it Lebanon? Yeah, it's Lebanon. Lebanon. Is it yeah. Lebanon? Okay. So I've never been there. I've never heard That's of it before just, the That's uh, just northwest of Indianapolis. It's uh, probably okay. where she was from originally. I think her parents moved to Indianapolis. Yeah. So that's... I'm going to talk about a little bit about the trial here in a little bit, but so far, just from the story of what happened to Sylvia, what do you all think? I think you never <laughs> trust a carny. <laughs> Wasn't her dad a car- carnival guy? He was a carny. Yeah. He, I still... He had bad judgment. 
Let's just say. You have horrible judgment. I still can't believe that they lived basically in the city, downtown, and had all these people, kids and adults, that knew about it, and nothing, no word ever reached anyone's ears that could have helped. That just kind of blows my mind a little bit. The girls even at one point called their parents on the phone and told them that, like, things were bad, and they were like, oh... We'll be there to get you in two weeks. Don't worry. Like, did any, did any, at any point, did an officer show up for any kind of welfare check of any kind, like in the movie? The parents or? never sent anybody, from what I heard. No. From what I've read. Now, according to the girl next door, an officer did show up because he got reports that uh, Sylvia was being abused. Well, that's what I'm saying. The girl reported it in the movie. Like, did she not do that in the real story before she was... In the real story, there was a nurse that showed up to investigate, but uh, Gertrude convinced the nurse that she had sent the girls off because they were too much to handle. I mean, I know the 60s were a different time, but that just still seems very crazy to me. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is old Gertrude from the neighborhood. Yeah, she's good for her word. But I'll be honest with you. Like, I think... Situation like like this, and I had to study this in college, not this particular story, but the one about the girl that got raped in the courtyard in New York City and where the apartments and no everybody saw the rape and heard the rape and nobody called the cops. And the girl, you know, basically got raped and almost beat to death. Nobody called the cops because everybody wanted to. They had that mindset that they wanted to stay to their own they didn't want to get involved they were afraid for their own safety they you know and it was that kind of hive mind mentality happens a lot of times in these type of situations i mean this like goes back to even like the way the nazis were you know if you brainwash somebody enough or repeat something enough that this is bad for you even like not uh nationalism now even here in america when people talk about like foreigners and and these people are wrong for this country and they shouldn't be here in this the net. band or yeah <laughs> yeah am I playing some head not, names not foreigners <laughs> but yeah like it it becomes this hive mind mentality where people think that you know hey this is the right thing to do when it's absolutely the wrong thing to do you know humans are humans and they should be treated as such and. These kids were absolutely duped, and some of the adults, and it's crazy to think, and it's easy to say, I would never do that. But how many people would step up and say, hey, I'm going to stop this? Especially it doesn't kids. happen often. Yeah. Don't know what you're you know in what the situation. Saying? It's easy yeah. for you to sit here and say, oh, I wouldn't just stand around. But Because like we said, even there's I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I'm that kind of guy. I think yeah. I would fucking go crazy over this shit. But, yeah. But... I don't know. Well, it I don't know what other people would do. It doesn't detail it in the story, didn't. but like in the movie, The Girl Next Door, we know that at least one kid, that being David in the movie, tried to get away and tell somebody. But yeah. once he did that, he was in danger too. So It's kind of like almost like if you're out in a store somewhere and you see a kid acting up and they're like their parent starts beating them. But maybe it's like a little too much for your taste. But at the same time, it's like, not my kid. Who am I to step in? And you know what I mean. Like I'm obviously there's a big jump from that to torture. I've actually stepped in and said something to parents before. But it's kind of I the same mentality. And, they, a and bit. I got almost in an argument with them because like and other people were around. Was it at school 
Or out in public? No, it was out in public. It was at a restaurant. And other people were around. So you I didn't was know like, the kid? I didn't know the kid. I didn't know the parents. And How I, old? I was like, they were probably maybe five, four. Okay. I believe it because Means became my hero when we all went to go watch the new Scream. And like, as soon as it started, and all those he little, probably knew those shitheads. Though. Those little bastard I didn't know them until they own. told me like the next day. They were like, "Hey, Mr. Means, we saw you at the theater." And I was like, "Were you those little shitheads?" Yeah, shut they up wouldn't stop talking. And he's like, "The movie's starting," and then they all shut the fuck up. And I was like, "My hero." I'm definitely a thank you. Continue I'm though. a fight. Uh, I'm all about the fight. I don't care. Yeah, he'll fight some teenagers in the dark in an alley. He just can five year olds and fuck them up. We will fight you those kids. Out there. He'll fight for your right to party. To party, yeah. Finish your <laughs> finish your anecdote. I want to hear this though. I just told him I was like, you know, I think I think it's a little too much. And I looked at him, and they were like, "This none of your business." And I said, "I'm about ready to fucking make it my business. That's a little much." And then they were like. Just spanking or what? And then was the mom, exactly where it, was, they, <laughs> it was holding the kid up in the air and spanking him while he was trying to get away with a dinner plate. Oh, by his leg? Hand. No, oh, like his her hand. arm. <laughs> by his leg. The, like the adult down. had the arm <laughs> and the kid was trying to run and they were trying to spank him and they were fucking hitting him to where he was swinging. Damn. And I was like, that's wrong. And I fucking said something. And Tony backed me up. This is when I was married to Tony. And Tony backed me up and the guy stopped. And the mother like stopped and was crying. You could tell it probably happened before. The mother probably wasn't fully on board with it, but not at all. But no she say. never had no say in that. That guy was probably an so abuser. You shut up, lady. As soon as they got home, but it's that kind of stuff. That's know. like what goes on at home. That he worse calmed than down, that. and then they ended up leaving. I, I kept on thinking to myself, wonder what that kid's gonna grow up like. No, I what's feel he like this, later? I feel or like what's this he gonna was, go through when he gets home. I yeah. feel like this was in a Bob Evans. Seems like Bob Evan behavior. <laughs> Cracker Seems barrel. Like okay, my first wife. My first wife was black. We never ate at a Bob Evans. I'm. I'm just saying. I don't know what it is about Bob Evans. I'm just saying. Have you ever eaten at a Bob? She did not like Bob Evans. I love Bob Evans for the most part. She didn't. <laughs> she didn't remember his name. I love. She Bob. called it. She called Evans. it white people country cooking. She said it's fake ass country cooking. It's true, but That's it's what good. she said. You tell your ex wife to chill. Okay. That's like saying I'm not She's going. She's dead. Oh. Oh, you guys are even now. <laughs> We're even. You guys are even. We're wow. even. Oh. What is wrong with this podcast? <laughs> no, you people. More yeah, of my We don't know back. each other is the problem. So we're all strangers. Uh, he lost his train of thought. I don't want to say what. I she wouldn't even go to a Cracker Barrel. Just saying. I was gonna say, what? did she not go to Taco Bell? Too many crackers. Like she worked. Not, at, she worked at Taco it's Bell. It's not real Mexican food. She worked at Taco Bell. Well, you got to make a living somehow. Yeah. Jeez, she was a manager there. If you don't go to Cracker Barrel based on well. the name, then it's probably she, because you're narrow-minded. Because Cracker Barrel is. The I best. like Cracker Barrel. She just could, she didn't like. Could you tone down on speaking ill of the dead place? No, she ever. didn't like the. Uh, <laughs> she didn't like the atmosphere. She thought it was too white bread, too many crackers. Really, not enough barrels. Oh. So at Gertrude's trial, we're going to get into that just a little bit. She denied any knowledge of the torture, claiming the children must have done it all. Oh, must have yep. been the kids. She entered pleas of not guilty, and not guilty by reason of insanity. She's like, well, it depends on what you she define as torture. could have arguably been insane, but she knew what the fuck she was doing. Fuck you, Gertrude. Gertrude in her actual pictures looks like a walking dead, like, zombie. <laughs> like, am I wrong? Without she the makeup, yes. Like, like, if her nose, like... 
sloughed off. <clears throat> she would look like a Walking Dead zombie. Yeah, she looks like a fucking corpse. She's like Lurch. Gross. She's horrible. She's from nasty. She's not somebody that from you the should, show. Yeah. She's hey, not somebody that you should fuck trust that guy. with your children. Fuck, fuck that bitch. Fuck that guy. Fuck that bitch. Yeah. On May 19th, 1966. That's the Hobbs kid. Right there. He's a dickhead. Mm. Yeah, he Every is. last one of them. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. For shame. On May 19th, 1966, the jury found Gertrude guilty of first-degree murder, while her daughter Paula was found guilty of second-degree murder. Hobbs, who means we're just talking about, uh, along with <clears throat> Gertrude's son, John, and another neighborhood boy, Coy Hubert, were convicted of manslaughter. Gertrude and Paula were sentenced to life terms in the Indiana Women's Prison, which is also located in Indianapolis. I've been there a couple times. The boys were sentenced to two 21-year terms at the Indiana State Reformatory in Pendleton. In 1971, the Indiana Supreme Court granted Gertrude and Paula a new trial due to prejudicial atmosphere. I'm sorry, did a disco ball just pop up on your phone over there? Like, what just, oh, what? Oh, I was like, what is that? Wait a minute. Back it's up. my flashing dick. I, I thought got, we were having Jacob's ladder flashbacks. Oh, God. She got to have another trial because of prejudice? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, prejudicial, like. Prejudicial atmosphere. Did they say why? Because, like, too many, there was a media circus around it or what? It doesn't exactly say why. I'd say that that's what it was. I'd have to There's guess too much that. Media. Yeah, and plus the, the neighborhood's opinion of her at the time. They all thought she was this good woman who just took care of all these kids. Yeah. So what happened? So Gertrude was, in this trial, again convicted of first-degree murder on August 5th, 1971. Paula pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of voluntary manslaughter and served about two years in prison. So how did Paula get a new fucking trial, though? Do they try them together? I guess. I, I feel like maybe it was just because at the time and they were women and they just wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. That's the only thing I can that's, think of. That's horrible. Yeah, because they know that all this stuff's true because it was admitted to. The three boys were released on parole for good behavior in 1968 after serving about two years of their sentences. In December of 1985, Gertrude was released on parole. She changed her name to Nadine Von Fawson and moved to Iowa where she lived in obscurity until her death. She died of lung cancer on June 16th in 1990. Paula married and moved to a farm in Iowa. John became a lay minister in Texas and consoled children. Fuck that divorced guy. Parents, right? What? Hobbs. Get you know him. Get him. Hobbs. Hobbs died of cancer at the age of 21. <laughs> yeah. Four years Black after him. he was released from uh, prison. Hubert has had several brushes. So he was released at 17? Yep, pretty much. He was also the youngest person ever convicted of an adult crime. Hubert has had several brushes with the law. Lester and Betty Likens divorced. Betty remarried and died in 1998 at age 71. Jenny Likens died in 2004 at the age... Of 54. So, young deaths in this story. Here's the thing. They should have died young. We've talked multiple times about me starting like either a Patreon or a second, second, uh, podcast where I, I talk about fuck that guy and we just do a whole bit episode fuck on that, yes. yeah. fuck that guy. 
I say we go piss on these motherfuckers' graves. Fuck that guy. I love Fuck that. that guy. I want to find lichens. I want to find hobs. I just want to piss yeah. on their graves. They're all pieces of shit. You want to find a lichen? or? I want to fuck. Yeah, I want to lichen my piss to her grave. I want to find Gertrude's grave, and I want to dig up her bones, and I want to piss on them, and then I want to salt and burn them. Why are you looking at me? Man, that was so descriptive. <laughs> it was very descriptive. He's had that planned out for a while. Yeah. I, don't I, don't think, I don't think it's a plan. I, think I want to salt and pepper them, and I want to barbecue them. I want to salt and burn them so I can also kill her spirit. Damn. Damn. That's yeah. how I roll. That's what, she, that's what she deserves. Yep. So that <sighs> is the true story of what happened to Sylvia Likens in yeah. Indianapolis, Indiana. That is messed up. I think it's one of the messed up stories we've talked about. Well, I think what makes it more messed up, in my opinion, is like, it's like your caretaker. And I know there's lots of stories of people beating or molesting kids, and it's just, not that it makes it any better or worse, but it's just like, this is supposed to be someone that you're supposed to feel safe with, you know? She wasn't abducted. She wasn't like, yeah. you know, this was her, whether they got along or not, this was her parent, more or less, at the time. So that just kind of makes it that much more sick. In my and not opinion. only that, but she's got like 10-year-old kids doing this shit thinking it's okay. Yeah, like the whole household, the whole neighborhood, people you're supposed to be friends with and trust, and it's just like she didn't have a chance. Yeah. And it makes you wonder like what all fucked up stories in the world have happened to young kids that we don't hear about that are 50 times worse than this. Sadly, you know true. what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. I mean, in all the stank, fucking dark, damp holes in all of the world, you go to every country that's just a shithole with bad parenting and and what these kids have to endure. I mean, we like you'd think living in America, you like won the gene pool lottery, right? You you're not so. born in friggin' the middle of. <clears throat> Sri Lanka or India in a poor area, you know, yeah. you're, you're born here in America. You should have in a, a chance, yeah. <laughs> but even in a poor area, you'd think you'd have a chance over other countries, but this girl True. had no chance because her parents were trusting of somebody that did not deserve trust. Right. And then that person influenced others to fuck around with her life and kill her. And, and also at a time when like people probably wouldn't have believed that she was being abused and tortured like this by another woman. And abuse and torture was different than it is now. Yep. You know, there's more watchdogs out there now. Back then, you know, I mean, it's easy to say, why weren't, weren't yeah. there people watching? These days, Back then, people, like, didn't watch. These days, if somebody would have saw Sylvia with those bruises and marks all over her body, somebody would have contacted the authorities. No question well, about that it. Well, that and shit on technology all you want. It's like, oh, we're always on our phones and never, like, personable anymore and shit, but... We're in an age now to where you, it is hard to get away with that shit. There's yeah. You fuck around and you find out. Don't you? Yo, you fuck around and you find out. Mm-hmm. Just in that order. Trent. You get can- canceled that Trent. quick. You fuck around and then please and you'll find Trent. out. You find please out. don't. That's right. Don't fuck don't around. Don't fuck around, Trent. Trent. Step you one, don't step find two. We'll find out. Are you getting it yet? Oh, he's getting don't. it. So if I fuck around. Right. You're going to find out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're saying. So, <laughs> so yeah, like it's much harder to get away with shit like that because you're you are uh, what the kids call going viral at that point. Yeah, somebody sees you do that, boom, there there you are. They're recording it. Next thing you know, 
1.6 million people have, have seen you in an hour. Yep. Like, I'll be honest with you. You put an AR-15 pre-1950 with the technology they had then, there's a lot more fucking shootings. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. Sadly. I'm not trying to be a gun control person, but I'm just fucking saying. Mm-hmm. You put that shit, you put the weight, like that mentality we have now to where it like blows up on social media, so that's the reason kids like kind of copycat. You put that back then, those kids do whatever they want. It's true. Now, they could have with their shotgun. Some of them did, but these fucking, I don't know. This story is sickening, but it, it is it's sickening. really typical. Because there's a, there's for this one story, there's about a billion other stories in the right. world during that time. And, and I get now, that, but that, like I said earlier, I feel like this story is just different because she's got all these children involved and yeah. all this horrible stuff. It's not just the the adult caretaker. And if you It's all these children who think this shit's normal. If you mentioned it and I didn't catch it, I apologize. I did run to the bathroom earlier. So. You better. Uh but was there any like Fuck around, find motivation out. given? Or did she I mean obviously they didn't get along. Did she do it just because she didn't get paid to watch her, so she took it out on her? <laughs> did she do it? I mean, obviously she was insane too. But like was yeah. there any sort of reasoning as to why this poor girl got singled out? She was definitely a bitter woman, though, that had no man at the time. Yeah. I mean, she but said like, she had a guy in the military, but person. we don't know. Yeah. She I mean, obviously she, she was sick. We get that. But I just didn't know if there was anything extra. And as then far her as... daughter started, like, supposedly telling lies that, like, uh, Sylvia was spreading lies about her, about how she was a slut, and she was pregnant when she wasn't. About and, the daughter? Yeah. Hmm. At Gertrude's oldest daughter. So okay. that's what started a lot of that, too. So it was kind of definitely it's punishment for these alleged. Yeah, and Sylvia was clashing with her oldest daughter like from day one. So there was always that kind of beef there. Huh. Unfortunately. And it was just the trigger that Gertrude needed to. It's just weird, though, that if this woman is that twisted, that it wouldn't have happened before. Because obviously there's a lot of kids in this neighborhood that she's close with it's just it's odd that it took this girl in this scenario to come along and kind of trigger that in her i guess yeah like because obviously she's crazy she's got this in her the whole time she did all this to sylvia it's probably not the first time she's done this well that's kind of where i was thinking like you know has there been other kids like obviously these kids flock around her house because she you know gives them beer and cigarettes and everything else but like i don't know it's just a weird, sad story. So, that's the true story. And before we get into the movie that's called The Girl Next Door, I'd just like to touch on another movie that's based on this story, which is called An American Crime. Now, this movie is... Uh, I would say The Girl Next Door is more, like, loosely based on this story. But an American crime is more like it goes through like more like court. Uh, well, Means and I were kind of comparing it because there's a book, also called The Girl Next Door, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the book is probably made up, but based yeah. on this. And so I kind of compared it to him. I was like, The Girl Next Door is based on the book, which is based on the story, whereas The American Crime was based strictly on the true story. Right. It's kind of how I, I didn't watch American Crime. I probably need to. I it's watched a, it's a good door. one. If, if but I just I mean because they they go by the real names in that movie and the real like yep. setting probably and year. In Girl Next Door, they 
obviously all that was changed yeah. different from the book if you watched a girl next door and this story like touched you in any way like i i suggest watching american crime because i watched them both and there's definitely differences in the stories but I enjoyed both movies. I think The Girl Next Door was a little more intense. I don't know if that's because they added some more Hollywood drama to it, but for me, it was more intense. You you think that's what it was? I definitely agree. Like, I was telling him when we were talking about it, like, this seems more like a Stephen King novel. Like, it's it's got that feel of... It was like a Dennis the Menace torture porn. Yeah. It's literally got that feel of like a... uh, What's the what's the one about the kids that all like look for the dead body? Stand, stand by, by me. Stand stand by me. Like it's got that kind of feel to it where kids are involved and it's nostalgic and it's like shows you to your face like how bad certain people are in that era. Yeah. But it like was very like I don't know, her acting was like real nicey nice and the kid was like really a good friend to her and they did crawl dads. Like and and they had the little girl with with that couldn't walk and and the parents that had died so she took care of them. so it was like they were trying to play on your heartstrings a little more than the true story which is good yeah cuz it kind of started it kind of started like Ian was saying how messed up this movie was in the first like i don't know 30 or 45 minutes really i was like this is kind of like it's really not as bad as you think this is a pleasant little town nice kids oh my god are you all talking about the girl next door yeah girl next door sorry like the girl next door was very like nice at the beginning it was very book like and then it had a very made for tv movie feel to it yeah yeah that, the acting didn't seem quite as good as the American Crime. That and the filming style made it felt feel like it was could have been a movie from the seventies or early eighties. I'm sorry, like it's from what 2007. Yeah, yeah, and also at the, the very bo- beginning, what, which by the way, both movies came out the same exact year. They did the very beginning uh, with the the did one of the adult children. He's walking on the street, and then he starts like to tell the story. That's uh, that's David. Oh. Fuck. That guy too, because that guy has been unpleasant in every movie I've ever watched him in. Remember, he's good as a bad guy. The adult yeah. or the kid? The adult. The adult. He's redheaded and brown haired. He's, he's talking actor, about oh, David just saves the homeless man at the beginning. Yeah, he uh, he was in Die Hard and he was the the douche in Ghostbusters. Shut it down. But Shut he, it down now. He wasn't a douche in this movie though. I'm just saying, every time I see that guy, that's what I think of. Oh. So I don't actually hate him. Yeah. Well, it definitely had like a extras in there that were meant to like pull on your heartstrings and make you think a little more than than the normal film would if it was a docudrama yeah you know yeah. not that that was a bad thing i liked both movies like well it's a I nice contrast to what it actually ends up happening because like i said it kind of starts out this nice little pleasant town and then it's just very you know juxtaposed to what actually ends up happening in the end and it's like oh my but god but he's right so, it reminded me of a made for tv movie almost yeah. like it the yeah, original oh yeah. was a made for tv movie it felt like that so i just want to tell people we're here to talk about the girl next door but you should definitely watch an american crime as well which don't, has who don't in it commit an, an it stars crime. elliot page as sylvia likens elliot uh, page yes yeah Catherine keener as Gertrude. Which, by the way, I haven't seen this movie yet, but Catherine Keener, 
God, she must be a good actor because I can't stand her in most I movies. Know. I see her in. She's really? Except for 40 year old virgin. Even yeah. in that That's movie, she rubbed me the wrong you didn't way. Like her? Are you what? talking about the, because of the store? I just want to get was these okay shoes. in that movie, but she's still kind of, I don't know. She just has this bitchiness about her or something. Oh, she's she's kind of bitchy. She is kind of bitchy in American crime. Yeah, that just like a lot of movies I see her and it's like, ugh. I mean, Elliot Page, which was which was Ellen Page in this movie, like definitely played a. I wouldn't say a more realistic sad role, because I think American uh, Girl Next Door was a sadder. I do too. Portrayal. Like I felt a lot more for that character. But that, but but because of the way they treated her. Yeah. Like, I don't. I think that was the worst part of that movie was that girl's acting. I don't think she was a great actress. In the Girl Next Door. Yeah, I think like at the beginning when she was trying to. And then she'd fake laugh when he was doing the crawl. I was like, <laughs> I don't think she was a was great a, actress, but I think she was good enough. Yeah, I think I think the story made made it made her acting. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't think a, I didn't American think most of the crime, kid actors were very good in in Girl Next Door. And American but, Crime no, also kids. had a couple of like surprised uh, castings for me that I didn't expect these people to be in the movie. So we had. James Franco as Andy, who was like Gertrude's lover or boyfriend, whatever. Huh. And then we also had Evan Peters in here, who played Ricky Hobbs, which was the little neighborhood bastard that helped Gertrude. This is a pretty decent cast already. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch it. I meant to, but I just didn't have time before yeah. we record him. So definitely watch American Crime if you haven't already. And so you're into this story. What made you pick Girl Next Door? Or does it matter? We're talking about both, so technically I guess it doesn't matter. But I picked Girl Next Door because I kind of knew the story because, like I said, I saw the movie before. Because I kept waiting for Alicia Cuthbert to show up, and I'm just like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah, I'm fucking tripod. <laughs> Pretty Sorry, sure other, when I saw it the first the other time or two, it was on TV. Hmm. I was talking about the goofy comedy. from. Oh, that I like that movie, too. Before. About the porn star that lives next door. <laughs> yeah, the That's girl next also door. a good movie, people. You should not watch a true that story though, probably. Unfortunately, both movies are oh, on Netflix. I'm sure there are porn stars that live next door to me. Not yeah. to me though. <laughs> both movies that. are on Netflix, so watch them both. If you have Netflix, you have no excuse not to. You've heard it right here and now. They're both decent movies. Ian, so, what do you think of the movie? Well, I, God, this movie was so fucked. I hear you have a confession to make of that. You got a confession to make? I got another confession to make. I don't like this. I'm no fool. So my confession is... You didn't watch it. No, it's not a... You didn't finish it. Confession to Thank make. I just I just did the same thing. Thank you. My bad. No, 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 no. No, no, you were over there. You couldn't have heard me. Where have you been? I thought you were here you this whole time. You didn't finish it, did you? I didn't finish the dream, movie. Wow. Dream in the main vein. Ian didn't finish the movie. He confessed. This happened in your home state, sir. Can I get a chance to explain why? I don't know. Gosh, here we go. <laughs> I got to about, there's maybe maybe 20 minutes left. I was getting very uncomfortable and disturbed. And when they start like, Carving into her, yeah. I was almost to the breaking point of like, yeah, yeah. Well, you missed I can't the most disturbing this. part then. So, 
Oh, as God. soon as she gives the speech, and when the blowtorch came out, I, oh my God. I said, yeah, I'm out, and I turned it <laughs> that off. That was fair enough. horrible. Fair enough. Oh, that is get fair. A pass. That's why I didn't... I'm getting queasy thinking about it now, and I didn't even watch the scene. I couldn't handle it. I thought about it when I was telling you all to watch it before I knew that Means had it on that other list. I and was like, these guys are going to think there's something wrong with me. No, I already, I already, we already did. Well, <laughs> okay. I, already, I already knew that was a thing. Here's a little confession. Wells acts like he's the fucking crazy dude. I'm the crazy dude. I don't act like I, you all I have, me as the crazy dude. I have fucking watched so much shit. And if you guys are horror fans, you know, I'm not going to say everything I've watched because it'll probably sicken you if you actually go and look it up. But I just watch horror and like some of it I'm numb to maybe. It's I don't di- know. There's it's very different few. though. This is a based on a true story. That's I, what I had no me. problem watching it. I don't know why. Like it was just hard for me to imagine like this girl actually going through this shit. I, I it's kind of like when I think it. of the Shanda Sherry you know case was, and I still get pissed off and I just want to. Well, I mean, it's angry. It makes me angry, and that to yeah. me that's a sign of a good movie because it angers you. You know, and it makes you pissed off, but you know and it what? Makes for you me, sickened, I guess. But you yeah. know what? For me, what made it worse, I think, was that the fact, like, if you watch a movie like this and it's like. Some big crazy dude, or it's like Jason or somebody doing it to person. You don't really care as much because it's like they're such a character that it, maybe it doesn't resonate with you as much. But this lady was so casual about everything. She's yeah, just she sitting was. there with a yeah. cigarette. And she's like, "Well, let's just get out the blowtorch." So and just like everything yeah, she so did casual. was so, and that's what made it so f- much freakier is because that's like real. Like it's yeah. not like some big you know movie character that's doing so, this to somebody that you could be like oh well that's a movie. It's I will like, no, say this is a fucked up lady yeah. that lives in this town. That's just I w- like I so. would say a few things. You, you asked what I thought about the movie overall. I thought it felt like it started off like it was a made for TV movie. The acting was like made for TV acting. Yeah. Uh, I'm not shitting on it at all. I know it may seem that way, but they were kids. There was uh, it's just so fucked up that all these kids come and hang out at her house and she's like oh here have a beer. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what else kind of fucked up thing is happening, like what she's doing with these kids that they're not explaining in the movie right. or even in the story. So it's just disturbing to even want to think about something like that. However, it had one of the greatest moments that uh, I've seen personally. Like, there's a shot where she's she's strung up in the basement and all the boys like leave. And when they do, Davey was hiding behind the stairs when he comes out and he's standing there and he's he's staring at her just thinking like, oh my God, what the fuck am I going to do? And I noticed that this little puff of smoke comes by his face. Did you guys see that? No. Yeah. So he's standing there and he's looking and the camera's like a side view of his face looking forward and past him just comes this puff of smoke. And I was like, what the fuck is that smoke? She there. And then it pans over and the mom's standing behind him with a cigarette. Like, what it are you was doing? Ruth. I was like, oh, God, that was actually that was actually a really well shot scene. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, in this it, movie, it might like it might play out like it's a made for TV movie. And then when it switches gears, that second act to third act is where it gets you. I yeah. wasn't expecting them to show like the torture in the basement, like her being strung up, them stripping her down. I was not expecting to see. Yeah. That. I have just to made me more and let more people know in case you haven't watched the movie, which I assume if you watch here at both. this point, you've probably seen this movie. You should have, but Sylvia Likens is portrayed as Meg Laughlin in this movie. And Gertrude Banaszewski is portrayed as Ruth Chandler in this movie. Auntie Ruth. 
Yeah. Uh, Meg meets David at the creek, and then uh, shortly after that, we meet Meg's cousin Donnie, who is one of Gertrude's, or in this case, Bruce's kid. Fuck them kids. Yeah. And then really, Willie, I said really. You know why? Willie is also one of her kids. It's supposed to be like Hobbs. And And you know what? We got to know these kids are messed up, though, because before Ruth even goes off on her bullshit, these kids are... Messing with this neighborhood girl in the woods. They've got her blindfolded playing this. Which was the one dude's sister. Yeah, tossing the apple game. And then they sit her down by this tree with her hands tied behind her back. She's blindfolded and they release the snake on it. So, these kids were already messed up. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Fuck David, too. Fuck, I know. Fuck David. I know he lived. I know the whole point of the movie was him living with his guilt the whole time. But, yeah. like, my God, kid, go. You were right there in your parents' room. Which he wasn't. The, he was not a real character. No, that was not a real person in real no. life for the real. He tried story, to wake his mom yeah. up. She's he did try to wake his mom. Like, oh, you're not awake. Okay, I'll come. It's like <laughs> wake her up, shake her. It's like mom, like, there's a girl next door. Well, he had the big like up. talk with his dad, and he was like, "Fuck, dude." He had so many chances to save that well, girl. Well, the talk with his dad a, was weird. That's another thing too. And he concocted the their little plan. The talk with his dad. I got two different points out of that. He's like, "You should never." Hit a woman, but sometimes unless they deserve it, you should never hit a woman. Sex is what he unless said. Unless you absolutely have no choice, he literally but I said better not ever. Weaker sex. Ever. Which I get. We talked earlier about kids being impressionable and, and like me, I don't believe that. in hitting women at all. But if a woman's coming at me like with a butch knife, I'm probably gonna have to hit her. You'd hit well, Aunt Ruth, wouldn't you? That's yeah. different. That's put, what that's what his father was saying. They're like, okay, never hit a woman unless you absolutely. Let's just say it, Kyle Gas. Come on, fucking get on your. Get on your detective skills, bro. Can you not do better, Tenacious? <laughs> the cop. <laughs> yeah. Did kind of look like Kyle Gass. That it? was Kyle Gass, bro. Yeah. Are you sure? I don't think it not was. Him. Kyle Gass was in this, wasn't he? He wasn't the cop for sure. That cop, he was. I like, am. So. He was. He was a nerdy guy in something. No, else. no. Kyle Gass was in the other movie. Okay. Uh, American American Crime. Crime. No, 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 no. <laughs> the one I just did. Fucking Jacob's Ladder. Uh-oh. He's in Jacob's Ladder. Oh, was he? I was watching it this morning or yesterday, was and I was like, Kyle Gas. A neighbor bringing ice. Oh, okay. I wasn't paying attention <laughs> to the neighbors. He very well could have, I guess. I yeah. really, I really was like, Kyle Gas is in this movie. So he, he was hoping. Yeah, he was in. Up. He was in the other movie. Sorry, I was, I'll tell you, Trent. That was from weeks ago, guys. Go check out that. Episode. That was last week. A part that made me in the movie say like, "Fuck David," was when she was like begging him not to show Ruth that painting. And then he's and just then he like, go, yeah, he, he just gives it, it anyway. to her. And then she's all like, oh, yeah, you're just a prostitute. I mean, props uh, What'd you get in return for this painting? You just don't give anything for free. That's where it kind of turned really bad. Yeah, that's yeah. when shit starts getting really bad. I mean, props was, to David for kind of... She was naked within five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> props to David for kind of being honorable and having a conscience about it. And I don't think... Did he ever actually partake? I don't think he did, did he? And he, like he was, any of the no. bullshit, he was pressured to, but I don't think he ever actually did. No, he didn't. So props to him for all that, but like, come on, kid. But he didn't do anything to help, even though that's he what could. I'm saying. He had so many chances that he could have. I hate the fact that the mom like let the son have sex with her, but like even before that, it's like he oh, let God, him that undress a, her. That was a which bad was scene. really awkward. Yeah. The undressing scene was well, really bad. Willie has sex with her, and then Donnie wants to, and she's like, oh, no. It's like incest. Yeah, that's like it's incest. Because your brother just fucked her. Yeah, your brother just busted a nut inside her, so. God. I don't think those are the words. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're old enough. Maybe they were. 
That wasn't uh, even like please 13, don't say 14. Like yeah, Gertrude Might definitely have. said some shit like that. She was like, your brother Seaman's already inside of her, so it'd be like incest. With she you said so, it wasn't Seaman, but it wasn't S-word. Now, in the true story, they didn't Splooge. actually like, rape her, though, right? <laughs> the real no. story, they just, like, the bottle thing. Yeah. Good call. Whoosh. Okay, sorry. Continue. Kyle Gass is <laughs> not the episode to be giving each other high fives on. I looked up Kyle Gass as IMDb. He's he sick was in Jacob's Ladder. He was in Jacob's Ladder. He brought some ice as a neighbor. <laughs> I thought I saw him. Tony. I just looked it up, too. Anywho. Yeah. He had a real name. He was just the neighbor that brought ice. I don't know. Did it say? It Tony? said Tony, yeah. She might have called Tony. him by name. Tony, bring some ice. Tony. Hey, Tony. So... Eventually, the boys go down there and try to, they, uh, I don't want to say they try to help her, but they offer to loosen up the ropes in exchange for the Meg letting them touch her. Right. So. Which is kind of weird, because they're like, if you let us touch you, we'll loosen the ropes. Yeah. She can't do anything anyway. <laughs> That's true. But I think they didn't want her to, like, scream or anything, because Ruth said absolutely not, so they were scared of getting in trouble Yeah, but they could have left the gag on her, right? Yeah. Well, that was the other thing, too, is like at the beginning of the torture, Ruth's like, you're not going to touch her. She's a whore. And then later they're having like fucking turns at yeah. her. It's like, OK, Ruth, like I know you're, well, yeah. no, you're a psycho, but Ruth like even asked, like, who's next? And then, well, like see, I said, Donnie like, wants to go and she's like, no, that's one thing I want to differentiate the true story versus the book. Totally different. The book is way more brutal. God. And the, the movie oh, was way more brutal than the true story. Like, the true yeah. story's bad. It's horrible. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. But there's no evidence they all raped her. There's no evidence that they did some of the things that they did to her and talked to her the way they talked to her. I mean... No blowtorches, right? There was no blowtorches they, in they the real story thing. scratch right? into her belly, but, like... I don't even know if her, like, privates were mutilated at all in the real story. Yeah. Which goes to beg a question. The writer of this book, what do you think the goal there was? Do you think he's trying to like capitalize on this poor girl's story? Or do you think he's actually trying to like... writes books like Stephen King. He's a very Stephen King... Jack Ketchum. Or or Jack Ketchum, I'm sorry, not Peter Benchley. Jack Ketchum is a very like Stephen King kind of writer. Like I've got a few of his books upstairs. But I think he took the true story and then made a different story about it. Changed the names... But still kept that based on a true story. He but changed he brought, a lot. He changed like the year, I think, and then yeah, I don't brought, even know if they said the town in the movie, did they? I don't remember it. I don't, I don't remember being so. in Indiana. Or I would have probably caught that. But I don't think so. Like the real story doesn't even say like the town; it just says the streets. It means Google Maps it earlier. It's definitely it's Indianapolis downtown. downtown. Indy. Yeah. We know that much. Like east east of sixty five. So they tore the house down. Luckily. Thankfully. Hmm. Fuck that. Fuck that house. Yeah. I I can't blame you, Ian Torrance, if you weren't able to make it through, like, the last parts of this movie because it got pretty bad. That really was, like, the last... Like, you probably missed five minutes, maybe. From the rape, and then we go into the... uh, Because it kind of just ends, almost weirdly. Yeah, she probably enjoyed that, so we should probably just burn her clitoris out with this torch. Because it's like... That shit was hard to watch. Because it's like, like after that, she, she dies, and then it cuts back to old David for like a minute, and that's literally like the end of the movie. Yeah. And does anybody remember what her last request was? Because that pissed me off, too, when 
I don't remember. Ruth earlier in the movie had took her mom's necklace she had on, or a ring she had on a necklace. That's right. Ruth she took that right before back. she beat her crippled little sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was her last request was to David to please get my mom's ring back. I got a foot cramp. <laughs> I was wondering what that face was. And he's like, I'm willing. She's like, no, please, now, because she knows she's about to die. It's so sad. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking David, man. Rate it. Good thing he wasn't a real character. This is a prime example, though, of us getting really pissed off at a movie that's loosely based on a true story and getting more pissed off about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is our... This, like, that's American the whole, Crime that's is what totally they, different. That's what they want. Yeah, you're right. But it's weird that they came out in the same year. So what happened? I want to know what happened with the I two studios like- that were like... Okay, let's put a movie out about this stuff that happened 30 years earlier, almost 40 years earlier, in the same year about somebody putting a movie about a book it's about It's just competition. I feel like that happens a lot. I don't even think it's similar that. movies come out within like a so year or two. So it must have been like a script or something that was going through the works, and somebody's like, let's write another script about it. Yeah, yeah I don't right. even think it's that. I think it's... One director wanted to put his Hollywood magic on it and exaggerate it a little bit. They don't work. That doesn't work like that, though. And the other directors one, don't do directors don't do that shit. The, <laughs> the studios are the ones that make those decisions. Well, then the other studio was like, oh, let's but tell studios, the real court case. Studios usually probably know what other studios are doing, that's and they're I'm probably saying. like, oh, they're doing the Sylvia Lincoln story. It had Lincoln to be one script going through, and they were like, hey, that's telling a fake story about it. Let's tell the real story. And yeah. They put it out the exact same year, rushed it out to try to get it out. But which movie was better is the question. Are we gonna are we gonna rate them both? We can Let's rate do them it. both. I can only rate you them. Didn't, I didn't see the other. I saw both of them. Rate them both and say which one you like. Uh, we only, only watched watch watch Girl both? Next Door. Yeah. Well, Ian and I will start and give our Girl Next Door ratings, and then okay. you and okay. Means can discuss which one was better. Ian, Trent, would you like to <laughs> let me go first? Yes. <laughs> uh, I give it a six. Hmm. Yeah, right. that's good. Six, I think. That's, that's fair. acceptable. Not bad, but not anything that I would oh, ever God. want to watch again. I couldn't bear to watch it. I couldn't finish it the first time. And I was just like, oh, I can't. I cannot. I most certainly cannot. It's rough. And did it, Maybe did even it, a 5.5 in that range. I like to yeah. give myself some wiggle room. 5.5 mm-hmm. to, six. to six. Did it kind of uh, make it grotesque for you because they were young? Yeah. Is that part of it? The whole concept of a woman having these young kids and this, uh, was she supposed to be 16 in the movie? Yep. Yeah. This 16-year-old girl, for no apparent fucking reason other than to just be, and I'm just going to say it, a cunt. Yeah. And there was no reason for her to be this harsh. No, the cunt is a good beer. We're not talking about that. And it's so weird that, like, these two little girls were getting, well, I say little girls. I mean, I know one was 16, but... They were getting used and abused by this woman who you would think, like, for the time frame, would have been more, like, understanding to women because this is in the late 60s. 60s yeah. Or mid-60s. Women's libs already happened. Yeah, and, like, you would think that she would be, like, more predominantly, like, on the girl side and, and not the boys, but she was just so fucking batshit crazy that she's just like, oh, well, boys only want one thing and... This is your fault. It's like, well, no, wait but what a minute. it seemed like in the movie, she got burnt by her fucking man so bad that yeah. she blamed all women. 
And it right. was almost like, fuck all women. I'm just going to screw them all over. But by the neighborhood girls, too. The neighborhood girls were down there, I too. I also want everybody to, to know but, that even though it wasn't like highlighted a lot in the movie, either, either movie, really, and then not again in like the real story we told, but Gertrude also abused uh, the sister that had polio, the younger sister, like sexually abused her, and it was evident by bleeding, so... She knew no limits with her. Fuck, man. Uh, this, yeah. this story is just so fucked in general. And then this movie, like like I said, the, it, it was it was one thing like to tie her up and to take her clothes off, which made me very nauseous and uncomfortable. And then they cut to the scene where Davey's like coming back into the house. He just like lets himself in. He sneaks down in the basement. And then they just show like the undercarriage of like that mattress like squeaking. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, God, please, God, tell me this isn't what I think is happening. Yeah. And yeah. she's just laying there face down with the boy on top. And then they pan over and everybody's sitting there just watching. She's just over here smoking her cigarette. All right, who's next? Yep. I'm like, God, I don't I don't know how much more of this is left. And I go to check. I'm like, I don't think I can finish this. And then she's like, oh, I'm going to carve these letters. And, and by the way, the sentence she carved made no fucking sense to me. A little weird. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh and then I thought, like, you know, and this is fucked up, but I was thinking, like, I mean, that wouldn't necessarily stop anybody from wanting to, like, be with her. And I really wish I didn't think that, because she's like, you know, that's really not going to stop <laughs> yeah, anybody. Yeah, it's your fault, Ian. That's <laughs> what you're saying. God damn it. You <laughs> had to think. Had it like, that's it. not going to stop me. And then she's like, you know, the really only way to do this is to take that one thing. I'm like, please don't, don't say what I think. And then she says it, and I'm like, her spot. I I can't imagine what she could possibly be. And then and then she pulls out the blowtorch, and I immediately just grabbed the remote. And I was like, nope. I, I can't. I cannot. It was gross. But I I also do they show it? I no. No. I also it's think it's sensationalism though. by the writer because I'll be honest with you, the woman seemed uneducated. This was the 1960s, mm. inner city in Indianapolis. She was single. Living by herself, making paycheck to paycheck shit. I really think that it was sensationalized for this movie. And the fact that she did that was a sensational get your knee jerk reaction as an audience. Like, like whether she would do something like that or not, she obviously didn't in real life. But that's something like what can you do to a woman that be one of the worst things you know what I'm saying yeah. and I feel like that was just made for this movie as shock value and it did shock it definitely did yeah. alright guys or not. bring it home here we go did you rate it Wait, no. no did you give it your rating I give it a 6 and which, well. did, which movie did you like better I liked American Crime better and the reason I liked it is because I like real books. I like nonfiction books compared to fiction books. So I'm going to like nonfiction movies compared to fiction movies because it tells more of the true story and they aren't trying to play on my emotions as much. But as far as a story, The Girl Next Door was a better story because it brought in the parents being dead and there's nothing she could have done. See what I'm saying? The real story was not as dramatic because parents didn't die. They weren't stuck with the aunt. They were actually just parents that went away to work and paid her to watch them. 
Yeah. You know, so so the real story is not as dramatic. This guy made it more dramatic. Uh, American Crime had way better acting and way better filmmaking aspects. Uh, Girl Next Door had way more pathos and story that, you know, played on your emotions. So yeah. I give it a six. I give American Crime six and a half. Looking gonna, at you, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to give an American Crime a 7.5. What? I thought you didn't like that one as much. You thought I didn't like it? We don't it? know yeah. yet. He's reviewing okay, go, it right now. Go, go, as go. much, but I'm going to give The Girl Next Door an 8. Damn. Wow. Ooh. I'm going to give it an 8 because I felt very emotionally That's invested it. in the movie, and it just pissed me all the way off. It does. I felt sad. You. I felt angry. Yeah. And uh, American Crime Story, I, I appreciated that just because... They don't want to like the court case, so. Do you feel like reading the book now? Because there's probably more to the book. Yeah, I definitely want to know more details it? about the story. Yeah, I'll read it. I would love to. Now read keep this. in mind, it's not the real story. The book's gonna, not. The book's not the real story. Yeah, the book's. Exactly. An interpretation. It's made up. Yeah, it's an interpretation, like a made-up story that uses this as a back. Oh yeah, and like the girl next door was loosely based on this story at best, but. I still enjoyed it because it was so intense. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to give that an 8 and American Crime Story 7.5. If you have not seen American Crime Story, but you watched The Girl Next Door, watch You need to watch them both. Yeah. Try them both. I will. I will. I didn't. I didn't Elliot Page is a great actor. Mm-hmm. He does a very good job in almost every film he's in. Have you yeah. seen the third season of Umbrella Academy. Yep. I'm so I'm about behind. halfway through it. Fantastic. I literally am so behind because of this stupid film festival. Oh, he's perfect. I mean, not this stupid film. It's a great film festival. And they handle, they handle the transition really well, too. Mm-hmm. I just got to watching Stranger Things like two days ago. Nice. I finished it two days ago. Oh, well. I'm still thinking of Peaky Blinders. I got to watch that. There's too much stuff out there. Slow down, know, content makers. Give us a break. No, I'm just kidding. I'm loving yeah, it. Yeah, keep it coming. Before we uh, leave the people off this depressing note, do you have anything that you want to tell the people about? We got upcoming? The like film a festival fest? or we, something? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've mentioned it the last several weeks now. We're doing a Mention film festival. Horror at the Ohio, which is October 21st and 22nd here in our hometown of Madison, Indiana. And if mm-hmm. you are fans, you can come meet each and every one of us sometime that weekend. Yeah. Or if you're an aspiring filmmaker, submit us something. For you sure. You can buy merch For online sure. right now, or you can come see us. Yeah, we'll the have merch there. And buy merch in person. We might have some masks we've made and some pickled punks. Maybe a nipple belt or two. Yeah. We'll see. It'll be a fun old time if you're Extra a horror lover. Extra credit if you show up already wearing some horror you know merchandise. We have uh, there's a costume contest going on too, so come and cosplay. That'd be awesome. We'll have links on our Facebook and Twitter and everything. Check it all out. That's right. All right. Well, Wells and I will obviously be there selling merch, so come buy all of it, every single bit of it. Damn right. Uh, Even Ian, Ian's for sale. Give us money. The the two Ians are doing like a kissing booth. A whore you know kissing booth. Just them yeah. two kissing booth. The <laughs> They're kissing each other for your one dollar. Uh, actually, it's five dollars to make us stop. I was going to say, yeah, no, we okay. charge to make them quit. A dollar for us to kiss you, five dollars to make us stop kissing each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
Good well. times. <laughs> but yeah, we For take the, a. Is it going to be uh, cash and debit? Uh, we could probably set up a uh, PayPal, maybe. Okay. No check. We accept change only. Venmo, maybe. Somebody could Venmo you. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. Oh, look at so the long as we get your money, as long as you buy our merch. That's right. Give that's us all your we money. Care about. Well, no, we care about you, too. That's all I've got, too. Has anybody else got anything? Nope. Close this out, baby. Well, for the Who Are You Know podcast, I am Ian. I am also Ian. I'm Trent. I'm Darren. Stay safe and stay spooky, my friends. And check on your neighbors. <laughs> Yeah, if you have neighbors that are Check fucked up, yeah. you have neighbors that are fucked up like these people. Definitely fucking be weird, be loud, scream it out. Check on the little girl next door. Shout it, shout it, shout it out loud. You've got to have a party. Shout.